0: Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Ashley Longshore is a force of nature. She's... Got the energy of seven suns, and she's just as bright and shining. She is, man. I uh, I can't say enough about Ashley Longshore as an inspiring person, artist, creator, human. She transcends any title I might try to put on her. She's um, she's known as a as a visual artist, as a painter. She's written a couple of nonfiction books. She collaborates with all sorts of you know big Bergdorf and Veuve Clico and Gucci and yeah, she's she's just she is something. All right, she's incredible. I'm so glad. That I got to speak with her for this wheels off series of conversations that I somehow wound up hosting. I don't know how I backed into making this weird little show and not having these crazy conversations and i'm but I'm so glad I did anyway. I know that you're gonna enjoy this unless you hate foul language, which is a insane thing to call language. It's not foul. But there are a lot of F-bombs and a lot of just, you know, I guess, I guess I just, you know, don't, don't don't play this conversation for your kindergartner or do, you know what? The world is filled with F-bombs. They're going to hear them eventually. (laughs) Anyway, I'm, I'm really grateful to Ashley for sitting down with me. Actually, I don't think she ever sat down. I don't think she ever sits down. She's just filled with energy. She's really great. You can tell I'm excited about this one. Please welcome to Wheels Off, Ashley Longshore. Welcome to Wheels Off, Ashley Longshore. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: What's up? You know, I was hoping, you know, someday somebody was going to ask me Mm. a question that I had to say yes to, and I got your email, and I'm like, yeah.
0: Oh my God. Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I've got a friend here in town in Newports where I live, Ryan Cronin, who's like kind of a intense pop artist. Ron English lives right down the river from me and I do stuff with him all the time, but you are too far away for me to go hang out in your studio. But, um, I maybe.
1: I'm actually, I'm at my farm about an hour North of New Orleans right now. So in the middle of. Of all this madness last spring, I realized I hadn't left my house in New Orleans in three and a half months, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm buying a farm." Nice. So th- this is where I am, and I how love it. M-
0: how many acres?
1: Um, it's eighteen.
0: Hell yeah, that's 18. great.
1: An- enough enough acreage that if you feel compelled to go on a nude four wheeler ride, you're not bothering anybody. It's all right, you know. <laughs> you, you, that's it's freedom, you know. Yes.
0: Oh my god, yes. And the dogs love it.
1: The dogs love it. I love it. And I feel like um creatively. Mm-hmm. You know, before all this this insanity started, um I was on airplanes every other day and like doing collaborations, headed to Europe and as a creative and and I know that you feel the same way like you fuel so much on that energy of meeting people and like being out there and and I really in the solitude of this madness have had to find, you know, beauty and excitement in all of these things that are around me and nature is just, it's always been so important to me. I went to college in Montana, but all all of these beautiful little things that are out here that are just magical and wild. And I've been planting a garden and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really saved my life. It's saved my, it's brought me so much joy, you know, during this really crazy fucked up time.
0: Yeah, well, I've listened and read, uh, listened to and read interviews um, of you. And I love the message that you are constantly espousing, which is positivity. My kids talk about this all the time, and it makes me so happy. Manifesting positivity in your life. What you put out comes back to you. I love that.
1: It's true. And I think think it all starts... And that that's the thing too. You could decide to start a creative journey or find yourself when you're 60 years old. I think that really happens when you decide you're going to be your own best friend and your own biggest cheerleader. And that inner monologue is just like telling you all the reasons why you can, not why you can't. I mean, you know, you probably had to overcome stage fright at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to be who you really want to be but you know when you realize the weirdest thing about you is probably the grandest thing about you you start to really appreciate that in other people and you do become hopeful and you are optimistic and joyful and excited and I really get off on that
0: I can tell I love that so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves um what creative project are you working on right now and how does it light you up
1: Okay, well, um, right now I'm working on, I'm painting two giant balls, disco (laughs) balls, that is. It is right before Valentine's Day as we record this. And, um, you know, I've always... um, I had like big, bold text pieces in my work. So I'm working on a little carpe fucking DM, like there's no fucking tomorrow. Because in my optimism right now is that when the world does open up and we feel safe again, we are gonna be celebrating, dressing up, going to concerts, like there's no tomorrow, you know? Like that's how we need to be living our life. I'm also doing a series of uh, David Hockney, Pieces where I'm kind of imagining him in different scenarios, like um, there's one of him here in front of Andy Warhol's big penis screen prints, making a face of approval. (laughs) Um, Me, Andy Warhol, and David Hockney as Care Bears with some drowning Barbies in one of David's pools. Um, David Hockney as Lee Bowery. Um, I've also been painting little jewels and bugs, things that make me happy, so you know, I'm I'm such a deadline goal oriented person that during all this, really only being able to interact digitally, I put lots of um deadlines on myself. So, paint a new collection, get 15 to 20 pieces done in one month, get them photographed, get them out there. You know, just just I just love pushing myself. So, are these,
0: are these sort of arbitrary, self-imposed, self, self-generated self deadlines? You don't have, yes. there's, there's not yeah. like a buyer going, I need this for the no. lobby of.
1: No, but I mean, you know, I can't sell them if I don't paint them. And being prolific, I don't know if you feel this way as a songwriter. I, I have an endless amount of, of ideas. I mean, the, the content to be creative is never ending. And let's say I don't have like the newest idea in the world. I'll paint things in a series. I'll paint things in repetition that bring me joy. So, um, you know, I, I, I just I, I, want, I want to keep the line tight. That's how you that's how you catch fish. And I also think, you know, when you put pressure on yourself, not too much because you got to relax, too. That's super important. But maybe when things feel easy, you're going downhill. I just I like to keep putting that creative pressure on myself. Plus, there are only so many days in my life that I can create. I'm going to die one day. So, you know, now is the time. Now is the time. I mean, Picasso painted eight paintings a day. Van Gogh did seven paintings a day. You know, I want to be the woman that does the same damn thing. So
0: I love that. So uh, you grew up in Alabama, right?
1: I grew grew up in Montgomery. Yes.
0: Wow. And I wonder, um, did you always know? Did you always know that you were gonna be this, that you were gonna be what you've become? Or was there like an epiphany moment where all of a sudden you looked at a hockney or whatever and said, you know what? I'm gonna do that.
1: No, I was the I I I I knew that I was different. I, I I was, you know, being raised in Montgomery, Alabama is okay, now you need to use very good manners. And young ladies don't use expletives, which, by the way, <laughs> the first time I got in trouble for cussing was when I was five years old in kindergarten. OK, um, and and I just you know, marry a rich man. You're going to want to have a big, beautiful house. You know, that is what defines you. And and I just always kind of thought, damn, this that sucks. That's not what I want in life. Fortunately, I was able to travel a lot and um, see the world with my family. And I knew there was a lot more out there and I do have a lot of my father's genes. So, um, he always really believed in me still does and let me be the woman that I wanted to be, even though he was like, Oh oh my God, you know, (laughs) like when he, when he sees this painting of the penises or (laughs) the nudes I put of myself on Instagram, you know, (laughs) he's like, well, you know what, Ashley, you you know what you're doing and I, and I love you. So, um, but I, yeah, I, I always felt weird. I, I definitely always felt weird. Um, and I, I think at some point when I just said, fuck it, and I surrendered. In college, I just start, I started painting on my own. And I lined up all of these paintings. And I, I don't know if you felt this way when you were writing music or when you have your guitar in your hand, but I, I realized I had created this beautiful fortress that separated me from things that terrified me in the world. I realized that I I was building like this Ashley world, and this is where I wanted to be. And it just felt so good. And I knew no matter if I marry a man with $10 million or if I ever make a million dollars, I found this thing that brings me fucking joy no matter what. And then being the American woman that I am, I sit back and I'm looking at all these paintings and I'm going, well, hold on now a minute. (laughs) I I can sell these fucking things. Then I started going to galleries. I realized galleries take 50%. I realized I wouldn't get to deal directly with people that like my artwork. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to start a business. And there is what is so grand about America, you know? Um, And now here I am, you know? (laughs) it's funny because one thing
0: that comes up in these conversations a lot and and i you know i wind up talking to musicians and novelists and poets and uh, is that um the idea of um commerce as a driving force like um making something that's calculated to create just bring in money can ruin the thing you're making like it's like it it leaves on the thing you're making a stink of desperation and i and but i i noticed that what you're talking about you're clearly delineating like the you're you're excited about making these pieces of art and then you're looking at them and saying oh somebody's going to give me fucking money for this
1: oh yeah i mean look here's the thing we know that hedge fund guys make a lot of money we know doctors and lawyers make a lot of money and real estate architects and all that stuff but the thing about it is and what my dream is a bunch of successful independently wealthy artists are going out there to explore ideas, to explore what what they need to be putting out in the world, which is just a reflection of our own life. There you have that intimacy and connectivity. The more money that that I have, The more I can go out and see the world, the more I can help other artists, the more I can have more scholarships and put more out in there and fuel the arts. It's literally just a trade of money. I sell a painting, I buy a painting, you know, that artist then has money, they go buy a painting. And it just becomes this fabric of um, creative wealth that I think we all know. I mean, look, if we want to study his history, what do we do? We go to the fucking Smithsonian. We go to the Metropolitan Museum in New York. What do we look at? Fucking artifacts. We look at instruments. We look at, you know, little teacups and fertility statues, artifacts, you know. And as a musician, as an artist, we're defining our lives right now. And it's so exciting when somebody else connects with that. When there's that life force that comes together, it's it's a really powerful intimacy. And yeah, sometimes that results in a lot of money. And I'm not mad at that. As <laughs> a fucking woman in America, hell no, I'm not mad at that. Shit, yes, I want to make money. Hell yes, I want to be rich. You know, I mean, it's probably like you. I mean, you know, you want to have a great abundant life. But if somebody wants you to write a tampon jingle, you you know, you may have to, you know, second guess that, like, are you really into that or not? <laughs> How much are the... Hey, for five million dollars, Rhett, will you write a tampon jingle? Yes. You'd write the best goddamn tampon jingle that had ever been written in fucking mankind. <laughs> so I mean, look, it, you know, there's a way to there's a way to do it all and for there to be balance.
0: And you know, I've I've seen that you have found a way to give a lot back. Like it seems like you do support a lot of causes. And like you said, scholarships and somebody recently said something to me. It's like you have a gift. And then you give the gift back and it just yeah. seems like you do that a lot, not just with your art, but even with the the money you've made off of it. You figured out how well, to funnel that I mean, back.
1: I think, too, we go through a cycle of like, oh, shit, we got to be able to pay our rent. And then when we work hard enough and there is some abundance and and we feel OK with that, that next cycle of success is absolutely how can I give back to my community that's enabled me to 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 feel Abundant. How can I give that back to my community? Because when everybody is doing well and everybody has a little something, then it's better for everybody. You well, know,
0: I think about that all the time. The, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats and we're the boats. It
1: does. It does.
0: Yeah. It I does. totally believe that.
1: It does. So um
0: Okay. So when we started, you briefly mentioned the, um, the, the, the fears, the scary stuff, the self-generated, internally generated obstacles, right? Like the, um, it comes up a lot, the, um, imposter syndrome, six, su- like success guilt. Um, and then there's the more obvious things, just like the neuroses that tend to populate the, uh, inner workings of artists, maybe even more so than normals, if there is such a really a difference. But I wonder for you, like how much, like how, What are the tricks you've found to get past those things?
1: You know, when you start to have nervous energy and you start to have fear and anxiety, I think that it can push you two ways. And I'll tell you, you know, from feeling like an odd little girl that didn't fit in when I was little, I've always been anxious. I'm an anxious person. I think at some point I realized I'm going to take that energy, which it is energy, and I'm going to push it into something that makes me feel good. So e- even right now, when things feel so overwhelming and we're seeing, you know, so so much suffering in the world and we miss our lives and we miss live music, I think we take that anxiety as much as we can. I think also you have to feel through it too, because those feelings are valid and real and they're there. You can't pretend like they're not. But when you feel up for it, you, you, you get out of bed and go do something that you love. I mean, I planted all these little wildflowers and in the summer, I would walk by and there was the biggest, fattest bee. And he had so much pollen on his little knees, he could barely fly. And I'm like, fucking right. That bee has got it going on. That bee got up. That bee got the pollen. That bee, that bee is going to have so much honey. You know, it, it just little bitty things like that. Just finding the smallest things to lean into that just bring joy. And that that is not about money. That is not about any of that. You know, it may be your dog yawning and the noise your dog makes or, you know, like I, I love listening to my dogs drink water. It's a stupid thing, but I love <laughs> it. Um, there's a little squirrel that made a nest above my studio. And when he's it around, I get so tickled by that. You know, Um I think I think this slowing down maybe has increased my anxiety in some ways. But I've really found so much beauty in a whole, in a whole nother way that I know when the world opens back up, I, I will be a more balanced person. But I do think that action helps when you have anxiety. I think, I think, you know, you could say go for a walk or whatever, but do, do what you're good at. Find a way to do what you're good at. Right. You know, do, do a blog, but pull something out of your closet, put on an outfit you know um paint if you paint sing if you sing do what you do it'll make you feel good
0: yeah I I do believe that everybody's um, tapped into the kind of collective unconscious, right? And maybe artists even more so, like you you seem very... So how can we not be feeling the anxiety right now? It's just all around us.
1: It's bad, man. It's it's really bad. And they're not really discussing the mental health issues that are going on right now. But I, I hope that they will more because you know, I, I have an open conversation with my friends all the time and we check on each other and even the strongest people, we check on each other because, you know, this, this, this is a really, really, um, solitude is a difficult thing. It's a really difficult thing. And I'm saying that from somebody that, you know, has a partner, um, that has three dogs, you know, I, I've, I've got a, you know, my little quarantine of people. And so, um, You know, a lot of people are are suffering right now, and it's yeah, it's 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 um, we got to be there for each other. Damn it, you know, we're all in this together.
0: Well, I I love your description of the bee with the, the big fat bee with the pollen on his knees, and it, it just popped into my head. Be the bee, be the bee.
1: Yeah, you got to be the bee. There's also this little frog, this little tree frog that had two white stripes down both sides of his body, and it was before my tomatoes froze. And I would go out there, and he'd be asleep in the same spot every morning like he'd been out there all night like howling doing his thing eating bugs by the lights and then he's like i love these little leaves and there's just something so sweet and just pure about that that like e- e- even though you know it's cold as shit outside right now spring is coming we've got all this anxiety and angst right now and and the the beauty is coming you know we just have to wait for it it's it's not on our terms but in the meantime, we can all grow and, and figure out how to love each other. Damn it. You yeah. Know?
0: Boy, I love, I love the emphasis you put on the idea of energy. And even if, even if the energy that you're getting from the collective unconscious comes into you as negative energy or anxious energy, it's still energy. I love that. You, I love that. It's great. That's that's a great. You know what I
1: love to do? This is so nuts, and I mean, people would probably be like, "Oh my god, that's a woman for you!" But I think it it would help. I love getting a big contractor bag when I have lots of anxiety, and I'll do things like. I'll make sure I make my bed up and I'm like, Ooh, I made my bed up. My bed looks amazing. Like I've already done that today. I I have accomplished something. Then I go and like little junk drawers and things like that. I I throw things away that I don't need. So even if I don't feel like putting the energy into art or going for a fucking walk, I can keep my pajamas on all day. And I, and I've just, I've pulled out all those things that have energy, you know, that are like cluttering things up. And it just, it's like a douching. It's like, yeah. it's just like an energy douching that <laughs> it could be so small, but it it does. It, it makes you feel good. You got to get yourself up out of bed, you know?
0: Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So um, I do feel like you could be a motivational speaker and uh, maybe you just even are as a, as a secondary part of what you do. Um and I feel like your advice is really valuable because it's useful, like it's actionable stuff. So I wonder if you could come up with some advice that you might give to a 21-year-old version of Ashley Longshore that you ran into today, like in today's world. What, what do you think you might tell her?
1: I think, um, I think, first of all, you really have to curate the people that are around you. I think um, it's funny because I think like when you're in high school and college, it's like social, 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 social. And you think you have to go to everything you get invited to. You think you've got to go to so so and so's party, even though she's a bitch. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, You really can make a choice about how to spend your time and who you're spending your time with. And you really need to be around people that love you no matter what. I used to say... I can't be friends with anybody that would not get up at three o'clock in the morning and drive a hundred miles and help me change a tire. Like, do you love me that much? Um, so I think, I think, I think you have to learn though. I think, I think that's just part of your twenties to just kind of curate people and realize I'm putting energy into an asshole that I don't need to be around, you know, um, especially as a creative person. Um, cause I'm sensitive, you know, I'm sensitive. So, uh, yeah, I would say that stay away from mean bitches.
0: <laughs> it's funny how sensitive becomes, uh, what gets pegged as a negative thing, but without sensitivity, what would you and I do like that? That's, I don't that's want our to superpower be
1: people who are not sensitive. Yeah. I don't want to be around people who are not sensitive. I I think it's a wonderful quality to be sensitive and empathetic and caring and, and, you know, it does spawn worry. I'm also a worrier. Worry sucks. I would, I would say that to my 21 year old self, quit worrying, work hard, believe in yourself. Um, It's going to be okay. You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sensitivity is a good thing. It's a good thing. Maybe not on the internet, but (laughs) the internet is a vast. Pile of shit an abyss of toxic crap. So you know you got to have real life stuff, real life stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I love this. I I think that you. You're like the perfect guest for what I'm trying to do, which is to give people just like a look inside of what it means like to be someone who creates for a living. But also, like, how do you turn the lessons that we learn by making things into like real life, everyday lessons? And I feel like you are so good at it. Thank you so much for for joining me.
1: Thank Thank you. Art saves me every day. Music saves me every day i listen to music all day i surround myself with art that i buy from other people i really feel like i have a very curated life and it brings me a lot of joy and all of us can do that you know yeah surround yourself with what brings you joy and flush everything else down the shitter
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh ashley you're my hero thank you so much thank you every day. Thanks y'all. One hit thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know each week.